Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of Marketing Corner. <laughs> yes, yes, we got yes. him. We got him. I yes. knew you'd like it someday, Casper. Oh, exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. um, getting into it. Getting into it, finally. It's only taken three years. We did it. Um, <laughs> so, we are back with Fred Linfjord. How'd I do? Hello. Nailed it. Perfect. That's better, mine. Better. Yeah. Great. It's great. My Scandinavian roots, Casper. It's my Scandinavian roots. Um, no. <laughs> so we are back, and Fred is the director of growth at Plan Day, or the growth janitor, or the growth wizard. Pick and choose whichever one you prefer. And last time was um, kind of a high level, hearing a little bit more about some of the stuff that you've been working on, how you got where you are. But this one, we want to dive a little bit deeper into PLG and that transition that age-old struggle between going from a sales-led organization to a product-led organization. And you have been on plenty of webinars and stages and podcasts and things like that talking about this. So we would love for your insights and, and advice. So why don't you talk to the good people at home a little bit about what made maybe in the first instance, what was the decision, what, what was the motivator to decide to move over from a sales-led to a product-led and, and kind of talk us through that? Sure. I mean, I think it's uh, probably uh, well. It depends which uh, what type of you know uh, audience you have or or type of customers. But in general, I think it starts that you see that there's more smaller than bigger uh, in your kind of Tam or 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 Sam. Uh, you know the addressable market, and you kind of also have the fact that you might sit with the you know a, a, a fairly high cost per acquisition and 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 all these things and you want to you want to kind of figure out well you know how can we capitalize on on all that it seems like all the demand is with the with with the smaller customers and 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 should we go go there right that's usually how it how it starts i think that's common for a lot of companies um you know especially if you have a product that kind of can work for both small, medium, and large, but you need different types of motions and tactics to kind of, and you need a focus, right? So you can't apply this one size fits all for all of them because that won't be good. Uh, so there's usually around there where the, a decision gets made, I think. Uh, and I'm not speaking from where I am at now, but in general, I think that's what I think. No. And, and, it's just uh, just for the listeners, in case you haven't uh, caught it here, like this is part two of a series. So if you haven't, like, go back and listen to part one before you jump into this, because it might be confusing otherwise. Anyways, uh, but but yeah, okay. But like, how like, but but you've been in this game for a while, Fred. Like, and you've seen some issues, challenges. Let's put it like that. Like, what what are some of the common things you see when people want to transition from from sales led to PLG? Like, what are the like uh, let's call it pitfalls? Like, what are the pitfalls people usually fall into? Like, uh, did you try to avoid maybe, or maybe some of the ones you've done? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think uh, I think it's underestimating the fact that. It's really not about PLD, it's about change management, business transformation. Uh, you know, that, that you have, yeah. you know, it, you, you've had an, an, a product and an organ, organization that's been, uh, you know, probably started 
as PLG, and then you kind of go up market over a lot of years, and you add on complexity to the product. Uh, you add, uh, you know, you, you add sales motion on it, and all of a sudden you are, you know, you you have a product that needs a, a human to sell it, right, and 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 to market it. So that's where you are. But to go back smaller is 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 actually complicated and, and needs a very very phased approach. I, I think because you you still have to kind of pay the bills today. Like it's not that you just held salespeople to take a hike because uh, we're doing, you know, a PLG now and then think that it's going to, you know, sell itself, right? That, that That's usually a, a, a bad idea. Uh, so you need to really uh, take a phased approach and, and, and it's an approach that it, that it needs a lot of effort on learning on the current motion and kind of gradually uh, start automating away. Okay, so let's say, you know, we call people with an SDR and then we set up a, uh, and then we either send it to the AE or, 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 or whatever. Well, you need to figure out, well, how many calls does it take? How long are they? And, and what, like, can we get it down to maybe one call could it be another person than a salesperson that does it uh can we automate it using maybe a type of interactive demo so it's kind of like learning and gradually and then at the same point i think the product also needs to be having a lot of simplifications right and and we did the same when i was at uh, capture one where we had kind of a very advanced, powerful software, but we wanted to sell to amateurs, right? And, you know, without like going into details, but there were some points where we made it simple and we completely screwed it up for the professionals, which basically exploded the internet, you know? Uh, so you kind of have to decide also, well, maybe we should just build a new product. It's far too little companies consider the fact Consider maybe we should just build a new simplified product and not try to make what we have today uh, simpler. You know, you have legacy code. So, like, I think I think there's a lot of these discussions, and in order to do that, you kind of really need to be uh, uh, be really airtight between product and marketing, and also sales. How does sales fit in there? You should probably uh, it, it's going to be some type of product led sales approach well let's figure out how we can tell sales to call people at the right time instead of not calling them stuff like that if that makes sense yeah. i love that makes point sense. of um you know that plg is all about change management i think that's a really good point because that's something we've experienced as well when we're trying to bring in a plg is sometimes it can feel like we're treading on people's turf and you know they don't understand you know for example for for a plg play that we're trying to do we're trying to enable sales to go up market, deal with those larger deals, those more complex. So we're trying to take the small deals off their plate. And it took quite a few discussions to get that across. Like we're not kicking you out. We're not trying to replace you. We're actually trying to give you the freedom to go for those really big deals. And, and these little ones, like you say, these little ones who don't need all the bells and whistles, let us automate that. Let's try to simplify that. Um, and, and as you said, you know, we've, we've also tried, made a few assumptions and had things blow up and, <laughs> it's all about the learning process and, and that's, that's growth, right? Yeah. And, and to your point, I think it's really uh, interesting uh, and important to, 
the the conversation with uh, sales. I think the sales and marketing alignment goes equally in hand here that you kind of have to position it to like, hey, we're going to take this off your back and leave you with a noise-free pipeline where you don't have to make every other call is like a person that's, you know, super low contract value. You know, kind of have to find, kind of position it like that instead of we're coming in now and we're going, you're not going to call these people. It's like, that's the, it can really get the, get the misinterpreted, I think. 100%. Like, I think we've all been there. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I totally agree. Uh, it's kind of crazy, right? I think you um, you talk a little bit like like about this like um, how do you I want to transition a little bit like to how do you get the buy in like from these like other departments like you talk we talked a little bit about about this before off air like cross functional teams the concept around that how do you design a growth cross functional team if you do so like uh, what what are, like what is your approach here I think uh, uh, I mean I think uh, for Planet what's really good now is that they actually uh, that we have a kind of a cross-functional uh team that has dedicated people uh uh working uh, it has a dedicated kind of project manager and 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 and, and, and people that can come in and kind of uh drive this alongside with all the other teams like for instance the teams that own different areas uh and uh, and 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 I think uh, we're, we've come a far uh, come a far away there. And I think we've probably tried it a couple of times in the past, where you kind of try to get an existing team to do it, and and that becomes really hard because you all have your own, I guess, team agenda or KPIs very rooted. And, and you lack to... autonomy, right? Like you can't yeah. really make decisions on behalf of someone else. Like that's always what I face with those models, at least. Yeah, exactly. And I think what Plant is doing uh, is really good because we actually have a C-level uh, co-founder that's actually the uh, the 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 one that is uh, uh, in charge of that team or has to hire. They report into that, and I think that is the way to uh, to do it. Uh, to put that with its own budget and resources under a C-suite that can really help remove obstacles in no matter yeah. a team it is, if it's a marketing or product where things get stuck. So, and I think that's that that that's the way to do it. And it could be a growth team. It could just be a you know cross-functional uh, team with a project manager that is trying to chip away on it. Uh, but but yeah. I think that's especially, that's a good especially idea. when you want to like when you do things like that really matter, right? Like that's how I always felt about it. Like you, you need that like C C level buy in to remove, like you said yourself, like remove these obstacles. Otherwise, you end up in a like pissing contest, like uh, yeah. territory uh, marking, like uh, where it's like okay, everyone like hey, uh, this is my area, state of like, Casper, fuck off. <laughs> like, I mean, it it, yeah. it it really is, and I mean it it it's easy how you can feel. I mean, I've. I even felt it myself because I kind of had an idea how 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 I would do it on an execution level, which would be different than that team. But in the end, it's kind of like uh, you you kind of have to just uh, 
and you know they want to that that team will take out resources from your team like that's the challenge that's how it will always work is that a cross-functional growth team or whatever they will come and they will take resources out and if you haven't properly done you know stakeholder management where the whole company is on board where we're going it's going to be very very negative and it can cause you know uh, negative friction and, and 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 people might feel like well hey hey that's my job or hey well why do i have to do double work now because you still have to like for instance i have a resource in my team that i've given to that team right i need to be tell that to my uh c-level that hey i'm not going to perform the same like i can't do these same tasks anymore because I'm 30% short because I support this. It's very easy to get run over there and you say like, yes, yes, I'm just continuing with the same thing that we did before, except it's 30% less resource. So you have to really be prepared to communicate that, that, that uh, well, now we're doing this. It means that we're going to have to do less here. What do you think we should do not do uh, now when I'm 30%? Yeah. You know, that's important, I think. Yeah, that's super interesting. And how... and oh. oh, do you have a question, Agent? Um, it, it, well, no, right. not a question, just a, my own experience, because we do things a little differently, but anyway. Oh, oh I would love for, to hear. For, I would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah go, so go, go. Um, we did, uh, we, we also have a PLG play, but we do what we call cross-functional task forces, where it's not a dedicated team that only works on that. It is people who add it to their normal work. And we have an understanding with sea level. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have an understanding with sea level that, of course, this should be, you know, 20% of our normal work. And we try to meet biweekly. So, of course, it's a lot slower. But, you know, we come up with our own problems of, you know, I'm swamped right now. And now I have to do this other thing over here. So it's, you know, it's it's comforting in a way to know that the way you do it isn't perfect either. <laughs> you know, because we're, we're struggling with that a bit. We didn't have the ability to have a dedicated extra team on top but we're just adding it to our workload where we have a task force where people meet bi-weekly agree with things that they're going to do try to incorporate that into their work and then get back to work as usual um and that's also not perfect i think uh that's really interesting and i think uh i think it took i mean we went through the motion on this uh, uh when we implemented this with all the negativity and or not negativity but it was you know People didn't understand what's going on and blah, blah. And I think now we've figured it out. I think now everyone is on board. Because the thing is, when it comes to PLG or going to the unknown, it's going to demand uh, a lot of experimenting in many ways. Mm -hmm. And how do you optimize experimenting? Well, you optimize how can I run as more experiments as possible, right? Yes. That's the only way yes. to do it. So you really mm -hmm. need that speed and velocity of experimenting yes to get to where you are, because otherwise it's very easy for it to flat out. You don't deliver uh, the, the results fast enough or you sacrifice the quality and, and uh, on the analysis and stuff that it's, you know, maybe not trustworthy. And then the whole thing can kind of trickle down also. So that's that's just like a, something that, 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 that it's important to be aware of, uh, in, regardless in which route uh, you're, you're going, I think. How do you like, and one thing like I wanted to, like, how do you then, how do you, 
emphasize speed like in in that process fred how do you guys do it like maybe like maybe the questions kind of let it but like what i'm looking fishing for is a little bit like how do you one of the things i've always taught a lot of people about and struggled with early on i found a method after a while but but how do you select the ideas to test like how how do you find the experiments you want to run like how do you decide on what to do like do you have a process for that or yeah yeah so i have uh uh i mean i i sit a lot with the with the with the process uh, and and it's really just being very very disciplined on uh you know your uh, uh you know that you start from data you come up with an hypothesis based on something it doesn't have to be data it could be a uh, you know, uh, insights or something you heard, and, and 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 putting things together, and then you come in, come. There's some type of problem, and you come up with an idea, and you want to, how can I test this as fast as possible? You know, minimal viable test just to prove that hypothesis, and then when you uh, and and then kind of implement it, and then kind of go around that wheel, right? Uh, uh, and I, I think you've seen these wheels. They're all the same, like analyze, yeah. test, or hypothesis, blah, blah, all that. So I, yeah. I do that. I've, I like uh, uh, the stuff that Brian, uh, I, I really like Brian Balfour uh, mm. a, a, a lot. He's very good at that. And I really like his, he's adding these zoom out things. And that's what I'm trying to do, like that you really zoom out every 60 days or every nine days and then you zoom out you look at it and you kind of decide the direction and then you jump in and you only do that mm -hmm. in, in like come up with ideas on that because it's very easy that you come up with one experiment per idea more likely you need to have a lot of experiments per idea for it to get right so it's very easy that you just like oh we tried that we did one experiment it it it, it, it didn't work well i mean like the first onboarding flow that you put in that that the it's not going to be the best one right yeah. or whatever you know so it's it's important that you really try to focus on it and then in order to do that you kind of need to build a business case for each thing right mm -hmm. uh where you kind of look at the projection and and size it up in ARR like hey if we solve this problem it's going to actually save us this much of time or make us this much of money versus if we do this other thing here, it's going to go this little. So we're going to do this one here. Or we decide that this one here is going to take too long and it's going to be too hard to actually get going on. So we're going to do 10 of these small ones instead. Like, you know, and I'd like to have at least a couple of big bets. So kind of, uh, you know, scatter your portfolio. And so you have kind of, you need to have one or two big bets, but then you kind of need to do the, you know, landing page experiments or whatever that mm. are smaller, right? Also, uh, if that makes and sense. I think like I've always liked the like the ice method, like uh, like uh, impact yeah, yeah. ease, like uh, like so yeah. it's like uh, that that kind of methodology. I actually forgot the last one, but like yeah, no, no, I like I like that. That's what I that was my first book where I, yeah. like the Sean Ellis hacking yeah. growth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that ice. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's that that one we still have, and I think that one is really exactly. good as the first. Just take the temperature, uh, and then you can add on to that if you want to go uh, uh, deeper. But the ice works perfect. That's kind of yeah. what, the, what we have time it, to do. <laughs> it get, and yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to overcomplicate it, like because yeah. like 
I always find it like because we're all wanting like, yeah, hey, this is the big thing. We're changing uh, this like product pricing level or whatever or something like, well, that's a big decision, right? You know, or whatever. And then, hey, we're fixing this uh, button on a landing page. Okay. Uh, one is, is way more impactful than the other, most likely, but the other one is a lot easier to do. So how how do you pick? Like, uh, I think that I always use that methodology, at least internally, like to, to kind of decide from, from our side. Like, uh, that's always how I win that. And I think in, in B2B, uh, versus where I was uh, at, like at Capture One, where it's more of a B2C thing, B2B, it's like if someone comes to you and asks, uh, like, we should do an A-B test, nine out of ten times, it's, 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 it's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do it. It's much <laughs> yeah. more, uh, uh, it's much harder to do, like, you want to test value proposition. Well, how yeah. do we test that? Well, we can, like, it's not an A-B test. with two, That will take too long time because then you have to connect it. Should I connect it? into a, a, a sign up for a trial well wait a minute what if the site that all the mqls we have it, it's not really growing in proportion to our op one the gap is too wide there so we haven't really solved that part which means that we can test against the sign up because it's going to take 50 years before we have the, you know like there's it becomes really yeah. tricky right um, yeah <laughs> you gotta have these leading indicators oh, sorry, yeah no, no, it's okay. I was, I was just going to say that our experience also just, you kind of touched upon it a little bit is as we dove deeper and deeper into PLG, it was almost like trying to untie a knot that just keeps tying itself because then we realized, oh, well, we need a new pricing strategy if we want to make this simple, right? We need a, a light version if we want to make this, if we want to automate this. And so there's a lot of extra things, you know, the positioning, the messaging, there's as you dive into something, you think, okay, this is going to be this. And then all of a sudden your path goes like this. And it's like, oh, well, shit, now we have to look at our pricing. Well, then now we have to look at the package we actually offer. Well, now we have to look at the features. Oh, but tech are saying we can't put anything else in the product because they have their own stuff going on. And, you know, so it kind of, you get so far and then you take like one giant step forward and then two small steps back and one giant step forward. And is that something first that you've noticed? And like, how do you how do you deal with that and make sure that you still keep going towards the goal with the uh, with so many new problems surfacing? Yeah, I think uh, that that one is tough. I think the best way that I've that I think of it is okay. So you have a product uh, going back to the we have a product now. We use salespeople to 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 sell it. It's like P PLG works great in enterprise if you actually think about it adding a layer of PLG tactics to enterprise. Uh, so actually start not doing anything with your sales motion, but you actually use PLG to make them better, right? With, uh, you know, sending in, you know, signals, product signals to, to them like, hey, I, I, you know, like a low hanging fruit, tell the uh, salespeople when someone has logged in one or two times, mm -hmm. right? And tell them, hey, try to call these ones first and I will compare the other ones like these mm -hmm. kind of things and then here's uh, uh how about i'll put in some questions in the in the in the demo that they'll answer that you get in beforehand of the demo so you know actually what they want so you have time to actually set up the demo to be super mm -hmm. valuable by that closing them is more uh, likely stuff like that can be be is what i what i think works best instead of going we're going to do because as soon as you say like we're going to do PLG now, it means that you're not going to do SLG. That's <laughs> that's what people. That's, that's, that's what they like, hear. Oh, I job. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. They don't need. I'm me. out. Yeah. That's what they hear. Yeah, right. 
not be the case, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and most of the time it isn't, right? Like most of the no, time it's no. like a transition, I mean, it, right? Like uh, yeah. I I, I don't I think I think it's probably most products that try to evolve from SD. They're you know it's not going to be full product led without the salesperson, if ever. You know. I think. Uh, let me let me shoot an, a cool example. So I can't mention the company by name, but like we we we're helping a American based uh, cool company these days, and they've been very um, they've been very like they've been a mixture now, and now they're transitioning and like saying like so all small deals like all small clients are all PLG only, so there's no touch, no sales touch, and they're transitioning all their bigger deals into being sales very sales led. And I think that's a classic case of saying like they used they actually been mixed. I think they were at some point fully PLG. Then they discovered okay that wasn't great either. And now they were like then they were fully sales led. And I was like okay that wasn't great either. So now just like <laughs> a cool mix. But I think that's just like uh, yeah that's been a great case. At least I've been looking on the inside and like saying okay cool like that's actually also a perfect way to do it and works perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Like it does doesn't always yeah. have to be either or. I think that's yeah. my point with it. I think the difference differentiation there on size is good. I mean, if you have an outbound team, I mean, you don't have you have no business calling anyone under three thousand euro ARR. I mean, I think I read somewhere the benchmark for a sales team to be profitable is that you need to go on minimum five thousand euro ARR or something. It might not be like that, but you know what I mean. There's probably a split there, so you can kind of figure out. Uh, what you said there, Casper, and how we can, hey, let yeah. us do the one to nine or whatever to start mm-hmm. with. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I want to, we're we're quickly running out of time. This is really cool, Fred. But I, I, I've kind of like, I wanted to take a little bit of step back because, you know, um, we all know growth hacking and growth in general used to be like the name of the game. And now it's turned into a little bit of like a buzzword and like you are still holding a flag high. I love it. Jen is too. <laughs> but, uh, but where do you see like, 2024 AI is all across the board. Like within the growth space, what are kind of like the kind of is there any movements, anything like tools, anything interesting that's exciting for you? Like what's what are you excited about in 2024 when it comes to growth? Could also be other things, but yeah. Uh, wow, I I also want to hear what you think. I mean, for me personally, I I jumped on the AI. Uh, I drank that Kool Aid, you know, from the <laughs> beginning. So I, uh, you know, I I just think. Uh, uh, I think AI can speed up a lot of the things that takes a long time. With and I, I use it for analysis. I use it to write emails. You know, I use it to uh, see check emails what people actually meant in their emails. Like, do I understand? Like, I, I don't know. I think AI is a really, really uh, powerful building. Uh, but it's more like a test that I want to do. I want like building, putting AI on your own data. And and creating customer value these things, but in terms of the growth, says I I I don't know. I think you still need to go through the the cycle, right? In a discipline approach, I think maybe AI can help with that. Uh, I, I don't know. What what do you guys think? <laughs> I might be missing something here. I'm not sure you do. Like uh, I think. Uh... I think AI is on the lip, lips of everyone. Like everybody talks about AI. I uh, like. Uh, I actually recently did a presentation uh, in a, at an AI conference, and uh, I was talking about how AI has helped me and like my team. Like we built a, 
I want to sign like an AI engine. That's not really not what we did, which is like it's a Google Sheets integration, but it sounds fancy. But <laughs> but we essentially built to help us build go-to-market motions for clients, right? So we like we always do these like ICP exercises, like an ideal customer problem. And now we essentially built AI, like Google Sheet, that essentially extracts all that information and then builds go-to-market motions with ads and everything. Like uh, totally oh, cool. almost automatic that's pretty cool and i was like uh, when i discovered you could do that i was like fuck me this is awesome like so that that's the kind of stuff that excites me right like uh but, but i agree with you like ai is the thing like it, that is the thing I'm, I'm still working on that's the thing that gets me up in the morning when like when i when it comes to excitement um i, I think i, I want to add oh, go oh, ahead sorry, sorry. Go ahead, yeah I, I i wanted to use that my second one uh, offline uh yeah. marketing i i seriously uh think that it's getting harder and harder, at least in the marketing performance, to penetrate the noise. And mm. when I had, uh, I don't know if you heard about this company, I don't even remember what it is, but I got our, uh, the office manager came and delivered me like uh, a written letter that just listed out uh, LinkedIn conversations I had, like a, a personal letter. And, I ha and, and, and she said, I have three more to your colleagues. And I opened up, they're from the same company, completely automated. And it's like, it, it was delivered to me, penetrated the, my whole, uh, you know, LinkedIn, you know, not accepting anyone that has SDR in the title, whatever I, I do anyways. But but it, it like finding these ways to penetrate. So I kind of think that bridging the, using offline and connecting it with digital has kind of a comeback. Yeah, we thought we left on at it back in the day. <laughs> QR codes. No one's gonna. No one's gonna scan those things, you know. And I, I thought it was bullshit too. But I actually saw it working. And they. I mean, how can they even get my LinkedIn conversations, like what I've had in a discussion, mm. and list that and get it to print out and do it all on demand, automated? Was to me like, wow, I need to find a, this marketer. Is so. Like, <laughs> well, that's something we um, we talked about in a previous episode, right? Is kind of. 2024 is all about the really great marketers coming out, like whether they're doing stuff yeah. online, whether they're using AI. Um, you know, we did a we did a, a direct mail campaign, too, with handwritten notes sent out and we had over a 60 percent conversion rate because exactly yeah. why you got that. Right. Like you got something in the mail and you're like, oh, shit, this is cool. <laughs> I can hold this in my hand. It's not another ad on my LinkedIn feed. Um, so I think that's a really uh, at least you, you kind of ask you, you ask what we think. But I think for me, what's exciting is we kind of like what you said in the previous episode, we can't keep using the same, regurgitating the same playbooks. I want to see those new playbooks. I want to see those new tactics that people are employing that isn't cheesy. It's not, uh, I don't want cheesy. I don't want creepy. I want genuine. I want tailored. You know, I want to find the cool ways to cut through the noise, as you said. I think that's the thing that gets me excited. And I think a good I, thing to tie that up, sorry, is that good. who are the, uh, the, the function that is that creates new playbooks well it's usually the people that experiment with stuff mm -hmm. right yeah. <laughs> no but that's right no add that to our list I of think, tasks yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but i think it's like at the end of the day for me it's uh and i think offline is a perfect example of saying like uh uh, like i think it's just creativity is back on the menu boys like it's just mm -hmm. like yeah like that's how i feel about it like whenever i talk to companies it's like yeah it's just, like you just said it regurgitating the same playbooks elite gen forms blah 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 no 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 we, we gotta do something special and your, your example from just before is awesome please 
I, you can make uh, you can send that letter to me. I want to. Yeah, 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 me too. I, I, I want to know how you do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but I think like for me, it's just uh, it's the creativity part. Okay, I want to want to end on want to final note and not to end on a negative note, but I kind of want to re- re- flip it. Is there anything that's like worrying you about twenty twenty four, like heading into it? Like, is there anything where like, hey man, this is this this part doesn't excite me. Like, uh, anything on that spectrum? Uh. I think uh, I actually thought or hoped that I think companies in general would have come further when it comes to looking at marketing. Uh, You probably know what I mean, like how, uh, uh, like, you know, it's a very complex thing to do uh, and it needs to be done right. And it's very, and and it's usually done with people that are very passionate and 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 I think, I think marketing gets railroaded a lot uh, and doesn't really get the, the focus to to play. And I, I think it uh, it's is forced to take uh, sh- to do short term. And mm. I actually hope, like in general, the business. I hope that that there were there would be more companies that would spend the 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 the, the time and the money to actually create great marketing for a company and a brand because I think and I know that that will pay itself off more uh, you know brand and 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 uh, word of mouth you know the network effect there is by far bigger growth than any ad you can run you know in my mm-hmm. opinion so uh, I think so I hope I, I wish we were further uh, on that what do you guys think I yeah. love that I gotta say it's I love that because I totally agree like uh, <laughs> I, and and I'm also, especially now that I've made an agency, that I get to see more companies than I did before. Like I gotta say, like the state of marketing is not where I want it to be. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm just gonna be real. Like it's just not. Yeah. Uh, um, and and it goes, it goes both ways. How companies look at it, and also to be honest, like the state of the marketeers I sometimes uh, deal with, like sometimes talk with, like, uh, like uh, the competency level across the board, both for marketeers and people in the, within looking at marketing, it's just. It's it's not as high as I want it to be at like in 2024 here. Like um I, I was hoping it would be better. And I think so it goes both ways. I think we as marketing people have to do better. I think the three of us are trying. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think there's but uh, but I think we as marketeers have to do better. I think the companies have to do better, right? Like um like I, people are still questioning if marketing is something you should include mm. and like is, is something you should do. And I'm like that's still I still hear that. I, I still hear that. So wow. I, I, I totally buy into that, Fred. And we're having the same, you know, debates about the long-term, short-term, right? And that's one of the reasons yeah. that we, at, a, at at my company, we've decided to align ourselves actually more with product because product operate on roadmaps. They operate long-term. And, you know, of course, we still try to do short-term stuff. We have monthly targets we have to hit. But I remember having this debate with my VP of sales. Shout out to Bruno, wonderful man. But he said, we need to do more short-term. And I was like, what's a short-term? What is short term in 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 marketing? Is it a, a a blog piece? In which case you need the algorithm to kick up. So it's gonna take you maybe a month, maybe two before you start actually seeing return on that. Is it a campaign that you launch out the door that you're not gonna see return the next day? You're gonna see it over time. Like everything takes time. And I think from a sales perspective, you can get on the phone and you can hire someone and get on the phone more and you can see more immediate results. But in marketing, sometimes if you look at marketing with a sales lens and the yeah, of course it looks lazy or it looks like you're not doing anything because we don't have the ability to flip a switch and then all of a sudden this 
flood of perfect leads come in. So it is a long-term play <laughs> shoved into a short-term frame. And that's, um, yeah, so I agree with you. It's it's really frustrating that that's still a thing that we haven't evolved with all the thought leaders and all the noise and everything that we have out in the world. We're still put in this short-term box um, and told to be effective yeah. now. Can I, add, yeah. can I add to that? Always. Yeah, cool. I think also it's partly uh, marketing's fault. And the yeah. reason why I say that is because we don't allow ourselves to be accountable. I think marketing should be account uh, should be measured on ARR or or what's yeah, closest. Yeah. But we we keep going with the MQL volume, and that's, oh, yeah. that's, I mean I'm sorry to say it's easy, you know. Uh, and it's a I, and we as marketers need to demand. Hey, I want to be measured. I want to see how much revenue I'm influencing. Mm. That's what you should yeah. measure me on. But not um, on a first click. That's the thing that I, I don't exactly. want to measure on a first click. I want a multi-touch, not first click. Exactly. First and click. and it becomes yeah. complicated because you have to explain marketing attribution. This is how much you can do. Okay. I say rule of thumb, you know, if you ask me how I can uh, impact, you know, they, they come like, what can marketing do to help sell the quarter? Nothing. Because I say that like, <laughs> everything we do this quarter, we might see it next quarter next or, quarter. or, or yeah. even the quarter after. That's just how it is. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if I drop everything and send out the uh, email blast. It's yeah. do an email you know, blast. Yeah, that, those always I work. always I always call it the nature of pipeline creation. Like, uh, and I, like, I literally, like I had, uh, I was advising a company the other day and they, uh, they're like, we're going to go all in on SEO, cut down on paid and, and do like, just focus on all in on search engine optimization. Like, Hey, don't get, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like search engine optimization, go for it. Like, I think there's a lot of you guys have a lot of room for improvement there. So that's, that's a great decision. I just want to point something out though. Like you guys have like, <laughs> and this was a, you have a long sales cycle, like six months plus. That means you have from, from now until around summer, to generate pipeline. And if you don't generate any pipeline in those next six months, like five months now, like then you won't close anything this year, mm. like anything. Yeah. So if you go all in today and just close down all your paid spend, which sure it's a lot of money, don't get me wrong, then that means you won't have any pipeline for the rest of the year. So uh, maybe you want to do a smooth transition. Maybe that's a better decision. And then the guy was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so, and I think you're, just to your point, Fred, like we are on our own fault for being in this situation sometimes. Sometimes we're yeah. like, we're like, uh, yeah. So um, I think I'm that's a great I'm facing the exact same right thing, uh, what you're talking about there. Like, how do we, how do we, same way transitioning from SLG to PLG, how do we transition from being primary paid to primary organic? It's a, it's a journey, right? And mm. you can't just yeah. stop the other one because then you stop the company pretty much, mm. you know? Yeah, and, and, and people always use the examples, yeah, but look at Airbnb and look at HubSpot. Like, <laughs> Tesla oh, doesn't no, have marketing. And they were brought, <laughs> they were born out of that, you know? So yeah. it's like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Like, it doesn't work that way. No. most of the time no. so uh all right i think i want to end on that note fred do you have anything like you want to add any shout outs any cool observation anything beyond because uh, otherwise uh yeah i want to just thank you guys for having me on i uh I, i'm a i'm a fan uh of uh the podcast and so i'm deeply honored <laughs> and yeah shout out to uh, my my team and all my friends at <laughs> plan day and fast spring and and yeah i don't know like to the community that trying to do good marketing you know and uh, go showing up every day and trying to do their best work and you know fighting i, I, I really finding a good fight yeah you guys really... and there, there's a lot of them there's a lot of yeah them. And, and thank you for thank you for coming on fred it's uh it's been it's been really cool to have you and we're a fan of you too so go yeah. keep up the great work
Cool. Well, thank you so much. Okay. And take uh, care. And uh, have a great end. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Wait, are we time. recording now or are we saying goodbye? We're saying goodbye. We're saying goodbye. We're saying goodbye, Fred. It's we're out. saying goodbye to the listeners. Oh, okay. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> goodbye, listeners. I, I we're still... <laughs> goodbye, listeners. <laughs> we're, we are not cutting that part, Fred. That's <laughs> leaving that in. So uh, thanks for listening, the everyone. This is, this is the level. Yeah. Awesome. Bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye.